Hi, welcome to Antonos. This is episode 69. Last week, we talked about a lot of different things, the Rescue Rangers. We'll go back to that in a future Antonos about the adventures of the Disney afternoon. But we're still sort of talking about Disney. If you have Disney+, Plus, then you should be watching Moon Knight. There's a lot of other great series on there, too, including... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they do a show about Loki, which they're gearing up to do a second season for, and they're going to do lots of uh, other things as well. Some going to be from the movies, and some are going to be directly to uh, Disney+. Plus. It might be a lot easier for people to do that, and especially the hero we're going to talk about today, because would you want to sit through an entire movie about this character when you could easily do it as a miniseries sort of thing? And with the big budget and the good actors that they stick in these series, no, uh, no matter what, you want to probably watch it because it's uh, good. This is not like it was when we were kids, all the Gen Xers and nostalgia people out there remember the old Incredible Hulk TV series or the Captain America series or the Spider-Man series. They had their charm, but they had very little budget and not the complicated characterization that this does. So, okay, first of all, who is Moon Knight? That is a good question. Uh, because at first he was more like a Batman character, okay? He uh, fought, in his first appearance, he fought the, the werewolf by night, and he uses silver weapons to do this. Uh, down the road, he has a girlfriend, and he kind of lives like a little bit like Bruce Wayne. One persona, he pretends to be a very rich uh Guy, another guy, he's a mercenary who's gone all over the world fighting different wars and, and fighting uh, against evil in that way. And the third persona is just a regular cab driver who goes and uh, keeps his ear to the ground to know about what's going on on the street. So that was what was going on in the comics. Eventually, Moon Knight got a complete upgrade and was in uh, the Incredible Hulk magazine where he could tackle more adult subjects. Eventually, this idea, these new writers came up with the idea that he should be more connected to the uh, Egyptian god uh, who is the god of the moon and the god of vengeance. He tells Moon Knight, you have to protect those who are uh, in the light and travel in the light and punish those who stray from it. Uh, This guy, I think Asante, is the uh, uh, god of the uh, moon. He is not a nice guy. He's basically, he believes in swift, cruel justice. And sort of Moon Knight is caught up in all this. So in this miniseries, I guess you can call it a miniseries, it's only uh, uh, six episodes. The first episode is called The Goldfish Problem. So, question. What day you wake up and you're just trying to live a regular life and then you find out that 
you are the avatar for this ancient Egyptian god of the moon who is using you to go and fight for justice and you hate to go to sleep because you're afraid. Would you want to continue with this life or just live a regular life like the way uh, you did? So there's this ordinary guy uh, whose name's Steven and he finds out that he has sort of an alternate persona named Mark, okay? He has to kind of like keep himself roped to his bed because he finds out that he, when he falls asleep, he just wanders around. He's living on a flat in London, and he has sort of just a boring, ordinary life, this Stephen Grant. He works at the London Museum, he wants to be a tour guide, can't be a tour guide, his boss treats him like garbage and tells him, you know, you uh, are a guy who sells toys at the gift shop. That's what you do. You're not a tour guide. You can't be upgraded to a tour guide. That's what you do. Here's the toys. Go and restock them. You know, and that's it. He would, like, call help out kids and said, I, I don't want you to do that. Go and restock the toys. So... One day, uh, he's connected to this other fellow named Mark, and Mark basically sweeps him away to Egypt. And then he's in an, another part of the world. There's this cult leader who is following this crocodile goddess. And now, if you know anything about Egyptian mythology, there there's this journey through the reeds and if you make it to the land of the afterlife, uh, there are your heart has to make weight on this scale, and they have to balance out. If it doesn't balance out, you end up uh, inside this crocodile goddess. So this cult leader used to be the avatar to, for Moon Knight, and uh, he has these big bat. And, and sometimes both personas black out, and they wake up in the in a truck somewhere. So the reason why this episode is called The Goldfish Problem is that he wakes up and he sees in his apartment that the goldfish is completely changed. It's not the same goldfish that he bought two or three days ago. He also has this problem. He makes a date with one of the girls from the gift shop, and he says, oh, it's, it's Friday. And, and she says, oh, we're going to make this date on Friday. It's, it's Sunday, right? And she says, that was three days ago. You you stood me up. So he doesn't know what to do. Uh, then he goes back to the museum, and this cult leader tries to convince him to give him this scarab that takes him to this tomb of this crocodile goddess. And he summons, uh, he lets Mark take over his body, and he turns into this cloaked figure known as Moon Knight. And he... Uh, so he unleashes this uh, jackal on him. In the second episode, Summon the Suit, uh, we find out more about Mark's life, that Mark was married, that Mark has a, uh, a wife, and the wife comes to him, well, here's the divorce papers, you want to sign them. And, and he's not Mark at that point. He is Stephen, and Stephen's like, why would I divorce you? You look lovely. Why would I do that? And he says, oh, okay, you don't know me. And he says, no, 
I don't know, and you don't know anything about our previous adventures. When he deals with the cult leader again, the armor or the suit basically changes. So when he's Steven, he's wearing a suit and tie and has a, a full mask over his face. And Stephen, uh, Mark says to him, Stephen, what are we wearing? We should be wearing the armor, the protective healing armor of Moon Knight. He says, well, I figured this persona would be a little bit better. It's pretty cool. He says, this is a suit, right? He says, no. He says, you look like a sadistic Colonel Sanders. For goodness sake. So, uh, they, uh, he summons another jackal, and they both have to uh, defeat them. Uh, they, but unfortunately, they lose the scarab to this crazy uh, cult leader. The friendly type. We uh, go to uh, the looking for Asante's tomb. They, they, they uh, 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 this uh, crocodile goddess's tomb, and uh, so the god of uh, the Egyptian lore that is this god of vengeance talks to Mark and to Stephen. And uh, Mark wants them to summon the other avatars and talk to them to confront this cult leader. They do, but he just basically brushes them off and tells them, oh, he, he's mentally unstable. So he brushes aside uh, Mark and talks to Steven. And Steven's like, look, I just want to live an ordinary life. I don't want to be this guy. I just want to have an ordinary life. I want to, my life back. So they are still looking uh, for this tomb. Uh, so him and his wife, as Stephen and as Mark, it's a little confusing here which persona he is. And the actor who plays him is Oscar Alia, uh, and he was Poe in the new Star Wars franchise as one of the fighter pilots. Right, He's one of the X-Wing uh, pilots. And he's, uh, he, he says that he always ends up playing these, like, ethnic parts. So here he's playing a British guy who knows a lot about Egyptian mythology, but he also is playing this mercenary who knows a lot about Egyptian mythology. So we go to this tomb. We face down. They, they uh, find out that this goddess is inside the our sarcophagus of Alexander the Great. So they go in there and they uh, have many, many other battles. There's uh, these guys on horseback fighting with lances and they stab him and he rescues his wife and they try to capture him again and, and so on. Afterwards, they uh, he gets inside the tomb, but the cult got leader and his followers get there uh, too. And after he pulls the um, uh, like relic out of Alexander the Great's body, he finds that uh, it's like this little statue of this crocodile goddess. But he gets shot, and he wakes up in a mental health facility. How's that for a kick in the shorts? Not good. So, fifth episode is called Asylum. And so the cult leader is there, but he's now the head of the uh, asylum. And the doctor says, let's talk about these two personas. And then he says, 
What does that make you feel like a, a regular person to talk to? Him? Oh, you've gone up in the world, haven't you? And he's like, uh, he says, yes. And this, and when he wakes up in this asylum, he finds he's holding a Moon Knight action figure. Ain't that crazy? But we find out he's not in a mental health facility at all. He's on a barge headed towards the afterlife. So now he's sort of talking to himself. Both beforehand, he could only see uh, Mark or Stephen in the mirror. Now both brothers have united. And we find out that he thought he was just a, a, a copy, that Stephen was a copy. Turns out the poor Stephen and Mark is just a copy, that he finds out that both guys are going through psychological trauma. And what's that trauma they're going through is that when they were kids, uh, when he was a kid, he went and uh, told his younger brother, let's go down to these caves and go look at this waterfall. But he drowned inside the cave and, and, and he blamed himself for trying to save him, but he couldn't save him. His mother uh, abused him because she blamed him for losing the little boy, his little brother. And, you know, and did this. Both eventually realize that they're, they have to come to terms with this. So they meet the hippo goddess, who is the guardian to the afterlife. And she says, either that you're going to get thrown overboard or you're going to get devoured by this crocodile goddess. But eventually he brings balance to their lives. Oh, you've done it. And he keeps flipping back from the asylum, back to the tomb, back to, uh, back to the land of the, uh, of the living, back to the, to the uh, land of the dead. And so he makes it. And uh, he goes to the, uh, so you've made it. You've, you, you, your heart has made weight. You, you can dwell in the, in the world of, uh, uh, of the afterlife forever. But he realized he's got to save his wife. He's got to save sort of his, himself. And he said, I have to leave here. He says, you can't. He says, if you do, you can never come back here. So she says, so he says, I, I've got to. So he runs back to the land of the living and uh, gets out. In the final part, part six, Gods and Monsters, final confrontation begins. Mark and Steven make it back to their own persona and they summon the suit and they take on the cult leader and we have this big action-packed uh, ending. In, in the end, the cult leader is defeated and they force the goddess of this crocodile goddess after he's been like making passing judgment on everything. So basically this crocodile goddess, she's just basically, after she's freed, she's like, oh, I want to pass judgment on everybody and not give anybody the choice to make between right and wrong. And uh, the uh, Moon Knight's uh, guardian is like, no, he says, you can't do that. You got to give them the choice to do what they want to do. So he's unable to defeat her, but Mark and Stephen can. They defeat her and they summon her into the cult leader. And then he ends in a, end up in a mental health facility. And uh, they said, oh, oh, and they wheel him out in a wheelchair. 
I'll take uh, him out. Before this, they had the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, dispose of him, to take him out. But uh, the God, the moon and God, he's like, go, go ahead, do it. And Marcus would be like, no, no, I don't want to do that. He ends up back in the asylum for a little bit, and he says, if this is the real world, I'd rather save the world. And he goes back and defeats uh, the crocodile goddess. After she's defeated, once and for all, uh, the moon god appears to the cult leader and says to him, hey, he says, I, he says, I thought I could live without Mark. I think I could live without Stephen. But turns out I have a new guy who will do exactly what I want him to do. And the cult leader is taken out. And so now he is Steven again. And he wakes up in the uh, back in the uh, little uh, flat that he had in London. He, I guess he gets a new job. He's still tied to the bed. And he also finds two goldfish floating uh, swimming around in his tank. Weird, huh? Should we watch this series? Absolutely. Not only does it have a good statement about mental health, it talks a lot about is this really going on or going on inside his mind and the psychological trauma that uh, all people have to face. You know, you don't need a mask and cape to face down your own problems, but you have to be the hero for yourself. That's mainly what you have to be to help your uh, own mental uh, facilities and your own health. And uh, sometimes a, a good call from a good friend might help out too, but uh, this is uh, a really interesting statement about that. And we also get the superhero stuff too, which isn't too bad either. And that's my bread and butter anyway. As a complete uh, side note, have you been reading Amazing Spider-Man lately? No, you should be. Spider-Man is white hot right now, and the Amazing Spider-Man book is probably one of the best. We're gearing up on his 60th anniversary. So like I've told a lot of other my friends, this is what's been going on in Spider-Man lately. He did something really terrible. We don't know what that is. The gangsters are on the brink of war again because Tombstone has basically taken over the that. He's that gangster that's had that connection to Robbie Robinson whose skin has been turned bleach white, and now his skin is, like, practically invulnerable. And he, uh, while all the gangsters are fighting one another because the kingpin was the heir of New York, but after the Devil's Reign uh, storyline, he left New York and now has left a void with all these problems. All of Spider-Man's allies don't want to seem to talk to him. The Fantastic Four... Read and see, go to Peter, your family, but don't make this harder than it already is. Don't bother us anymore. And Captain America says to him, you're off the team. Yeesh. Okay? So, and even Aunt May says, I love you, Peter, but I can't trust you. And even more strange, Mary Jane is living with a brand new guy, and there you have two kids, and they say, Mommy, what does that mean? So if you haven't been reading Amazing Spider-Man or watching Moon Knight, 
you should get on that and and uh, definitely uh, watch that. Next time on Anton knows, we'll go back to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World and see what's been going on there with Chris Pratt and the old the new cast of Jurassic World and the old cast of Jurassic Park. What's been happening to those dinosaurs lately? And we should uh, see what's going on there. That's next time on another Anto Knows.